Hello, my dear audience. This is Marilena Beuses again from Florida, giving you today another one of our wonderful mini-series appetizers for success. Today, I'm here with my colleague, John Arnold, and we're going to interview an exquisite leader. She, Her name is Lainey Montoya, and she works in a multinational organization based out of France, based out of Paris. And we're going to talk about global talent management, diversity, and inclusion. Here, here it is. to another segment of Appetizers for Success. My name is John Arnold, and I'm an executive coach. And I'm Marilena Beuses, also executive coach. We are both very, very pleased to have another great segment today. Uh, and we have fabulous Lani Montoya, uh, who has been a client of us and most important friend for many years. Uh, Lani, right now, she works on an international company based out of Paris. And in her role as director of global talent management, diversity and inclusion, she's here to share with us some of the challenges and learnings uh, that she has dealt with in that position. So welcome, Lady. Thank you, Marilena. Thank you, John. It's a pleasure to be here. So thank you for having me. Excellent. So I guess the first question that comes to mind, Lady, is you know, with everything that we have been going through with COVID and companies trying to readjust ways of you know, developing our talent um, and, you know, what what have you done differently? What has worked for you? Where is that tension at in terms of your talent management? Especially, I'll be curious to, to uh, hear your opinion on the global management of it, not just uh, a locality, but on a global perspective. What have you done different as a company? Yeah, great question, uh, Marilena. As you know, we... Um we had a little bit of, I would say, um, um, a derailer with our, our plans for the year uh, in terms of what our talent management practices normally are with COVID. So we had to sort of adapt to the situation. And I would say that we've done it quite quickly. Um, first of all, like many organizations, we were able to bring in a virtual way of working for most of our employees. Um, so. We have really uh, been able to conduct business as usual. In some cases, um, since March, uh, we have offices that haven't that haven't opened, haven't reopened. And then our biggest focus, um, where other companies might have decided to decrease their investment on budgets, we've actually maintained them because we felt it was the right time to develop individuals and really bring an opportunity for them to reskill themselves and continue to to develop. Um, their, their careers within the organization. So we've been putting a lot of focus around learning. We've had the opportunity to quickly change some programs that were more, I would say, classroom-based uh, to virtual settings. So we've readapted our programs, and this has allowed us to reach populations that we normally would not have uh, under normal circumstances because of travel costs and the number of people who can be in those sessions, and so we've been able to to leverage um, more resources and and talents within the organization. And then I would say, from a more um, process perspective, we have annual reviews of our talents. We took a step and said a step back and said, okay, is it the right time to continue to have these meetings, knowing that um, we have 
you know, everything is being conducted virtually and we don't have this um, direct assessment of people. And so we have been working with our managers to help them manage employees in a better way in this virtual setting um, and continued the progression of career mobility um, at a global level within the organization. So we haven't slowed down actually on the people agenda. We have just, I would say, focused on some areas um, more than others. Wendy, as an international leader, how has how have the programs that you've developed impacted retention of top talent? So I think um, one of the things that we know uh, during this time is is uh, is important is retaining that top talent. Um, and I would say, you know, we are more than um, the programs that we're putting in place. We are really showing our employees that we care. And so it's not just about looking at them in terms of the workplace setting, but as human beings, the total person that comes into work with all of the different challenges. So we've been putting in different um, programs around mental health, um, also things around financial fitness, um, helping them with meditation and different practices. Um, we've been serving the organization to really understand the pulse um, of the organization. Um, we are quite decentralized. So in many of our affiliates, we could have many different things happening. Um, but at a global level, I would say we are we're following up on, on our talents, we're staying close to them. Uh, in some cases where there's, um, I would say, specific family situations, we have brought some of them back home uh, to their home country to, to work from there until things stabilize a bit more. Um, so we have been staying very close, I would say, to understanding where our employees are in terms of their own emotions and trying to adapt to that as we go along. Wow. Um, you know, diversity and inclusion has taken on a whole new meaning here in the States, mm -hmm. which I don't think is a secret. And it, it seems as though the international community has been um, open and, and even far more advanced in with those initiatives. What, what's been your experience, maybe more internationally, with diversity and inclusion and the impact on the workforce? So we have, um, at, at our company, we focus on two mainly two at global level, two dimensions of diversity, so gender and nationality. And I would say in, in some cases, I, I um, admire very much uh, France in how, I would say how strong they are about getting involved in what organizations are doing around um, gender diversity. So they have specific quotas that have to be met um, at the board level, and now they're moving into more at top management level. So by a certain date, they expect to see um, uh, a diverse, I would say, group of top management in each of the organizations, which puts pressure on companies to move faster, to accelerate their agenda, to prepare women, and to make sure that they are ready uh, to achieve those, those KPIs. Um, and and we've, been, we've been, I would say, working very much towards that as an organization. Uh, we have a lot of room to grow. Um, it's, um, it's an agenda for us, uh, regular 
topic and discussion. Um, we are not, I would say, um, we are not one of the worst, but we're certainly not proud of where we are. Um, and we also have specific metrics that we want to, to achieve. What's changed for us, I would say, since um, the, 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 the things that have been happening in the U.S. is we have become much more aggressive in our agenda. We have been deliberate about showing our employees where we are and where we want to be. Um, before, it was much more of a top management discussion. Now we are open to sharing that information because people are asking. They're holding us accountable. Um, and they want to understand what is that roadmap. So not necessarily are you there, but what is your plan to get there? And so we have been, I would say, very actively sharing about that with our employees and bringing more transparency and responsibility uh, as an employer. Um, alongside that, we have also um, been moving more into the inclusion aspect of diversity. So. You know, we can get the talents in. Um, that's normally not a problem. Um, it's really being able to retain them because they feel that they're in an environment where they feel like they belong and they can be themselves in an environment that allows them to bring out their full potential. So that's the other big piece that we're working on as we continue this, this agenda. Well, that's wonderful to hear that not only the discussions are happening at the top level, but um, that kind of would be um, it's transmitted at all levels of the organization and they're all interested in knowing what's going on and how can we get there. Um, because we know it's not a question about numbers or quotas, it's a question about really believing um, in that talent and all that you and your organization fosters that as well. Now, I'm interested, Eleni, um, you know, what, you know, we're all asking ourselves this question, nobody has the answer. So just to your point of view or insight about What's going to be the new normal? So, so try to think about, you know, what would that be, you know, for you in terms of your operations, in terms of, you know, we know you travel quite a bit and probably have been restricted about that. We also know that in your organization, there's a lot of expats uh, in terms of that um, talent development. So, can, can you tell us what is what is where your ambition is as a new normal for you and others? <laughs> well, I can tell you that I don't think we will ever have normal again. So, uh, so that's a start. So I think it would be uh, unique depending on the situation and the circumstances. But I think it's bringing is certainly more adaptability and flexibility. Even for us as an organization, we are um, quite traditional in terms of really, really fostering this um, human aspect, if you will, of relationships and being together and celebrating together. And it's the core of who we are as an organization. And I would say that as we go through this journey, we are learning to do that in a different way. So um, as part of the new ways of, 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 of being, I don't think we'll have a normal day, but I think that we will have um, a learning through this process that will allow us to adapt and be much more flexible and agile as, as new things happen and, and maybe connect even more individually with our employees, seeing them again as the whole person versus who they are in the office. Um, so it's bringing more of this together in the employee experience. So not just looking you know, from that perspective, but a lifestyle perspective, which is um, it's new for organizations. We're very good at separating the two and COVID has taught us many things, 
uh, especially for those of us in HR, that people are one. And when you're having a conversation and you have, you know, someone's child running behind, then you acknowledge that, you see that, you realize that they're parents that are coming into the office. And if their child needs to have lunch, you know, they need to take a break and be able to do that. And so how do we continue to perform at our very best, acknowledging um, these aspects of, of the employee life? Lainey, I would be remiss since Mary Lane and I are both executive coaches and we've had some experience working together. Can you share your perspective on the impact of coaching in general when it comes to global talent management? I, well, I'm, as you know, a, a strong um, advocate of coaching. Um, so it's, I, I think coaching is it's, it's helpful in, in every aspect um, of a leader's journey. Um, in fact, I probably would, would like to reflect on it even more um, when it comes to diversity and inclusion, because I do believe that coaching is a very strong way uh, to bring uh, managers to understand better their biases mm. and how to confront those biases and deal with them in a, in a safe place um, where they could really have these questions answered for themselves. So um, one of the, uh, I would say, of the ways that we are also dealing with uh, the DNI agenda is to bring coaching to senior leaders to help them open up a bit more their perspective um, that you know that they may not even notice um, that's sure. standing in their way uh, at times when it comes to the the DNI agenda. Yes, we all have our blind spots, don't we? Yes, we do. <laughs> Mary Lynn, in the few in the in the few minutes we have remaining, was there anything that else that was top of mind for you with Lane? No, I actually just enjoying seeing you again, Lainey, and thank you. I don't know if there's anything else that occurs to you that you would like to for our um your spectators in this case. It's a final message or a great learning or insight um that you know that you have learned the last year that you would like to share with us. Uh, so thank you both. Uh, again, it was a pleasure to be here. I would say that for myself personally, um, the year has been one of reflection and really taking stock of the basic things in life and appreciating those things. Um, sometimes we go too fast and all of a sudden we can slow down and we have no control of what's happening in the future. I think this is going to bring much more responsibility to organizations um, investors, as well as shareholders, as well as employees, um, will have stronger demands on companies uh, to be much more responsible yeah. uh, as organizations, not just in the context of COVID, but in general. And so I think um, it's going to add more pressure and we're learning all together. And so I look forward to the transformation that we will go through um, as organizations in this process. Lainey, thank you. It's so wonderful to connect with you or reconnect with you again. Uh, we have thoroughly enjoyed your experience and, and your journey with us today, and we can't thank you enough for that. Thank you. I've enjoyed it as well. Thank you, and good to see you both. Good to see you.